Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. So welcome to another episode of Swing Lanis and uh, today Barry couldn't join us but I'm, I have a very interesting guest. I'm sitting with the fashion guy or uh, Mustafa. So welcome to the show Mustafa. Hi, you, you want me to call you the fashion guy? Or? Mustafa, passion guy, passion entrepreneur, <laughs> passion anything. <laughs> anything with passion. Anything with passion. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, Mustafa you're based here in Dubai and uh, you talk about passion so maybe share a little bit your story how you got into this and I've been in Dubai for about now going on 17 years and um, uh, earlier years I used to be in PR and then I moved into events and in kind of uh, a bit of entertainment events also. Uh, my partners were heavily in the entertainment industry and nightlife industry. So you can imagine my life was pretty interesting. I mean, it was mm. fun for a guy my age, mm. uh, but got exhausting after a while. You're talking mm. about lots of partying, lots of smoking, mm. lots of drinking, lots of women, lots of yeah. all, all what that uh, lifestyle brings. Mm. Uh, eventually, I kind of got fed up with that lifestyle and uh, left everything and bought a one-way ticket to India. Mm, well. uh, in India, I mean, it's been a long journey because I went in 2012, I came back 2013. Uh, but the two highlights of that trip were one meeting a Swami who's been in the caves for 13 years and in one of my interactions with him he, he would see me confused and I'm asking him a lot of questions mm -hmm. and he had, has this habit he kind of starts playing with his beard and he goes uh, do you know what you are thirsty for? <laughs> I can see it in front of me. Because if you do not know what you are thirsty for, you cannot quench your thirst. And it was that interaction and that question that he asked me that made me realize that I did not really know what I wanted out of life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kept on searching, and but I didn't have an answer yet. And later in that journey, I... By coincidence, somewhere in India, I walk into a public hospital, get myself checked up, and I discovered a medical condition that was labeled non-curable by the medical community. I mean, again, you know, medical community uh, overrating stuff or whatever it is. A month later, I was healed naturally. Mm -hmm. So it was it was uh, an amazing healing for me physically, but more importantly, that reminded me of the question that the Swami asked, and it made me ask myself deeper questions. Did I do the best I can with everything I have? Did I live a life that was truly meaningful to me? And did I leave a positive impact uh, on this world? And the answer to all of these questions was simply no. Mm -hmm. And that was painful because, you know, to live your life and, and get to your judgment day, whenever that judgment day is, and realize that you're going to be accountable for it and it's nothing inspiring to you at least, that's not good. Mm. And this is what triggered me to end my journey in India, come back here and start doing what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, when I started, it wasn't passion. I just did my talks that were called Kavali to Manali where I show, share my journey of India from, you know, from Dubai to India and back. And then what happened is people randomly started walking up to me and go, hey, you're that speaker guy. I'd say, yeah. Uh, and some, they would say, you changed my life. I'm like, ah. That's what I want to do. Mm. 
And this is how I slowly started getting into what I'm doing until I launched my online talk show called Passion Sundays. And I interviewed Professor Tony Buzan, the inventor of mind mapping, a Nobel Prize laureate. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, at the end of a talk, called me Mr. Passion. And people go, well, he calls you the passion. I became the passion guy. Mm -hmm. So there you go, the passion guy. Yeah. Excellent. So you came back to Dubai from that. and. You, did you start your own company at that time, or you were already? I was I was doing all the talks on the side. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. in 2013, it was only when I got so many people telling me you changed my life during that year that I decided by January 2014 to go doing this full time. Mm, it's time to go all in. And mm -hmm. it was it, this was my sign that this is what I'm meant to do now. That journey was less than glamorous, just mm. to be clear. Yeah, <laughs> less. I mean, you're talking about the passion guy now, you know, and I'm blessed to have reached global success and international name. That being said, I mean, 2014, it felt like uh, I felt like I fell in a trap mm. because I got this sign. I'm I'm changing people's lives. I've done my transformation. I've done my hard work. I've been on my journey of inner search from 2008 till 2012 till I went to India. 2012 to 2013 in India. 2013, I still was taking lots of courses. I was studying, and I mean, I've spent you know I don't know probably a couple of hundred thousand dollars on on studying mm. and learning, and suddenly to find myself in 2014 running these workshops that are meant to help people find their purpose and their calling with no one coming mm. and yeah. i'd say no i used to come from a from a promoter background so i'm used to running parties and waiting for people to come but then first one still second one still third one still fourth one i'm still doubting myself mm. by the fifth and sixth one i'm like hold on it's been a few months now mm. and i haven't got traction yeah, yeah. oh my god what's happening and i unfortunately had to find my way back into making money through doing some consulting work. Mm. So I started saying, okay, I'm a coach, I'm this, but I was coaching people in the events industry because that's an industry that I knew of. So yes, it was coaching, but it was more consulting and it was more in the events industry, which mm. is my previous industry. And that was slowly was getting a bit depressive mm. because I've, I've let everything go. And now suddenly I found myself without income, without even fulfillment of doing mm. what I love because I not, I'm not even reaching the numbers that I wanted to reach. And, and all of 2014 was struggle. I was actually traveling between Dubai and Abu Dhabi because I had another client in Abu Dhabi. So I would drive about 120 kilometers on average every day or every other mm. day to go to a client, work there, come back the next day and on the side serve my thing. And slowly what I started doing is saying, okay, I'm doing five days of consulting with the passion work on, in the evenings and weekends and then I would do three days of consulting two days of passion work mm -hmm. and then the year after so by 2015 I shifted the ratio and I said well okay it's three days of, of the passion work and two days of the consulting work and then slowly I started phasing that out okay and and then I, oh god I mean now as you're saying it there was nothing that I that that, that I didn't try at yeah. I tried to do so many projects I, I tried to start up a million things on mm. the side I, I thought about a coffee shop I thought of getting back to events I mm. I put a proposal for an event business and the whole thing fell apart last mm. minute after I canceled my consulting contract mm. so it was it was <laughs> god now that you're telling me I'm trying to remember I mean in between 2014 and 2015 I can I can tell you, I tried no less than 20 different yeah. ventures just to make money while I'm building the on passion. the passion business, mm. which was not passion, by the way. As I said, it was find your purpose and nobody wanted the purpose. Mm. I just luckily started being you know, called the guy who's helping people find their calling. And then I said, OK, calling, passion, passion is sexier. People like the word passion. 
and then that helped me mm. move a little bit more but I only started my show by January 2016 mm. so what happened is by coincidence I'm sitting with friends of friends of friends and somebody randomly they introduced me as this guy doing these passion talks and he goes oh god man we gotta go back to work tomorrow and, and in Dubai you know Sunday is the first working day mm. and he goes I need to go back to work I need some of your passion and I go ah Passion Sundays. <laughs> and this was how the idea came. So all of, you see, all of that came not by the research work. I was looking for an idea for a talk show, but I didn't know what it was mm. and how it's going to be and what format. The idea came while I was looking. If you want to mm. talk about law of attraction, the law of attraction works when you're working. It doesn't yeah, work by yeah, itself. Exactly. So I was working at finding something, and then the idea popped up in my face. Yeah. I started doing this show, and then I met Professor Tony Buzan, and then I became the passion guy. Mm. So until from 2014 to 2015, you know they talk about trial and error? Yeah, yeah. It was more error than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, I came from a career where my success rate was no less than 65 to 70% in any pitch I go into. Mm. I mean, that's almost unheard of in, in most businesses. I'd go up to 90% sometimes. Mm. Okay, the average rate in any business is about 30, 40, 50%. When I started doing this passion work, my failure rate became 95%. <laughs> if I, if yeah. I, I was reviewing my year and I looked at all the presentations and pitches and the stuff, I literally was turned down more than 9 out of 10. Mm. If I want to yeah. say 9.5, I was turned down 9.5 times. It was interesting is, I mean, we interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast and it's almost everyone has a similar story that, you know, they, they, they leave the corporate world, they set up their, their dream business and they're thinking, you know, everything is going to be great. And it is tough in the beginning and it is challenging times, but you keep on going and you learn and you, you grow from that. So, so what kept you going? During those, if someone is in a similar situation, they, they started their own venture and they have these tough times, what kept you going and what can they learn from that? Well, one thing I, uh, I learned from uh, my uh, interviews, I mean, with Passion Sundays, I've been blessed. I've done about 50 episodes, I mean, 50, 52 episodes last year, and I'm going. And you're talking about interviewing world's number one authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs, Yeah, superstars. so you had Brian Tracy. I've had Brian Tracy, Tony. Marshall Goldsmith, von uh, yeah. Strumpenars. Uh, I've had uh, entrepreneurs. I had VPs. I had CEOs. I had... Uh, 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 world's oldest yoga teacher, 97, mm. well, last year was 97 years old, now 98 years old, yeah. still going on passion. I had a, a two-time Olympian medalist. Mm. Uh, and what seems to be common with all of them is knowing the, the deeper reason for what you are doing. It is knowing what I call knowing what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. You see, for me, I knew that I am serving a bigger mission. So as angry as I was, as upset as I was, as challenged as I was, I always would remember that person that walked up to me and says, you changed my life. Mm, that's, and, that's a driver. And, and yeah. every time I'd feel down or low, I'd get, funny enough, the universe sends you like one nudge. Mm. But they don't, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, you know, generously give you a lot of it. Because if you want to carry the torch, you need to be able to carry the torch. Yeah. So it doesn't carry you. It basically just gives you a nudge. So every time I'm going down, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I get a random email or a random Facebook post or a random message from a person that I don't know saying, I attended your workshop, I attended your talk, and, and you've, you've transformed my life or you've shown me the way or you've given me an answer. And this would just keep me going for 
you know, that one extra step, mm. and then an extra step, mm. and and one thing also I I learned. So one, the answer is first know what makes you tick. What is it that you're serving? Why are you doing what you're doing? I mean, you you know, when you know, are you doing it for for what purpose? Are you serving who? Serving yourself? Serving somebody else? And the bigger the purpose, yeah, the bigger the why, the hows take care of themselves. Mm. Yeah. That being said, you will need to also keep going on. Mm. So yes, you have big whys, but you also got to remember that it's going to get really tough, man. Mm. And that's what I say when the angel of misery kisses you. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to mm. stay down or are you going to come up? Because mm. the angel of misery kisses you. Your, your face is hitting that floor mm. really hard. Mm. And then you're going to tap into yourself and say, well, what do I do now? Mm. And I've interviewed several people that have climbed Everest. Uh, one of them actually climbed uh, the seven summits and North and South Pole. Mm -hmm. And one common answer from all of them was when I asked them, how did you do it? They said one step at a time. There you go. I'm like, no, um, there must be something else. He goes, no, no, no. When it gets so tough up there, mm. you can't think so far. Mm. All you can think, I lift one foot, yeah. move it forward and put it down. I lift another foot, move it forward, put it down. Mm. And this is the mistake where most people get into too big of a thinking and mm. they're trying to think of too many things and they get drowned. Mm. All you gotta do in your business, in your life, when you're overwhelmed, ask yourself, what's the next step now? That's mm. it. Mm. Because I promise you, you finish one step, you're gonna see the next step. But if you're overloaded and you start looking at 20 steps ahead, you're drowning yourself mm. even more. Mm. So that's the second thing. Is Keep going, stay persistent, stay mm. at it day in, day yeah. out. It's what I say, work so hard until your signature becomes an autograph. Mm. And you know what, I've busted my ass for so many years, I'm signing books now. So yeah, yeah it, it, it does yeah. work that. And, and as you continue, I would say the third thing is you would need to build what I call a passion tribe around you. Mm. These are people that have similar aspirations, have similar goals, have similar challenges. Because if you're sitting around successful businessmen, for example, that are already up there, and if they're all, all they're talking about is their success, you feel depressed. Mm. It's like walking into the gym with people bench pressing 120 kilos and you're just a beginner. Mm. Gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself because you're gonna try to match them. You're gonna feel low self-esteem. Hang around people that are having similar challenges. Now be careful, don't hang around negative people that will bring you down. Don't hang around naysayers. Mm. Don't hang around your old school friends if they haven't progressed in life. I mean, keep them for nostalgic discussions, mm -hmm. but don't sit with them to talk about your future if they don't wanna move forward with theirs because mm. they're gonna hold you back. The emotional attachment will keep you down. Mm. So build the passion tribe because when you're feeling down, you need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to vent out to. Sometimes not because you're being ungrateful or unresourceful, but we're humans. You need to be able to air what's going inside your head. And that cannot be always the same people. Mm. It cannot be your business friends. You cannot go to your business partner and complain about how things are not working for you. Mm -hmm. You need somebody who you can vent out to, who's neutral, who, who might, you should not take their opinion, but they mm. need to be a good listener to receive from you. Mm. So you need multiple types of people, and this is what I call a passion tribe. Mm. So these are kind of key elements of the journey uh, on succeeding in entrepreneurship. Mm. Mm. But this is what I call a passionpreneur, not an entrepreneur. Because an entrepreneur will jump on a business opportunity. Mm. A passionpreneur will pursue their passion. Their journeys are a lot different. A lot of times the passionpreneur's journey at an early stage is a lot harder than an entrepreneur's journey. Because an entrepreneur's journey might be based only on opportunity. A passionpreneur's journey might be based on passion plus opportunity or purely on passion. Now, 
A smarter decision would probably would probably be to go for something that is based on passion plus opportunity. Mm -hmm. In yep. my case, it was not the case. It was purely based on mm -hmm. the passion mm -hmm. to serve the world for something that I feel will help everybody. And this is what made me tick. Mm. Uh, if somebody does not have the stamina for such work, because all I can tell you is really tough, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So start with something where you see opportunity, and this is where I, where I call the passion uh, trilogy for you to achieve a passionpreneur mm. business. A passionpreneur business is based on three things. One is something that you, uh, that you have the passion for, that you love, you are skilled at, and something that the market is willing to pay you for. Yeah, the economic engine. So, yeah. so the sweet spot between these three is what's a passionpreneur mm. business. Yeah, yeah. And and this is. I think that's really important. We've been talking about this in previous episodes. This thing that, you know, sometimes people start their business based only on their passion, and they forgot to check the market what yeah. they actually the market is asking for, and then suddenly your passion becomes your nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really important to have all those free actually. That's and that's what I'm saying. It depends because in my case, that was the case. Mm. I mean, I started with something that, you know, I, I thought everybody would be as hungry as I am to find mm. their passion. Mm. That being said, my level of faith and belief in what I'm doing, uh, my, my, and you know, this is how my friend described it. They say your tenacity uh, mm. and your persistence have carved a niche for you mm -hmm. that you got to a point to be called the passion guy globally yeah, yeah. because I'm, adamant that passion is going to change the world so i feel i'm serving a bigger mission and i'm willing to so take it's that big why that you have that yeah and i'm, and I'm willing to take short-term sacrifices in exchange for long-term goals mm -hmm. and and that's what i'm saying is if you if you're going for that where you don't see the market now still work on it mm. still work on it because sooner or later there's going to be a market for it when you get so good at it somebody's willing to pay. Mm. There's 7 billion yeah. people on the planet. I mm. promise you there's enough people that want what you want. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you can't yeah. be the only one yeah. wanting what yeah. you want. There's, there's enough of every need, want, desire in this world. There's enough fetishes in the yeah. world. People like weird stuff in this world. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you think yeah. you're doing. There's somebody else that likes what you're doing. Yeah. Just stay persistent at it. Yeah. And actually, this brings me to the definition of passion. You see, that it took me years to coin a proper definition of passion. And the definition of passion is... You know, it evolved from doing what you love into, well, I was interviewing Brian Tracy and Brian Tracy says, well, you're never going to feel good about something that you're not good at. Mm, yeah. So it's doing what you love, what you are good at. And then I was interviewing uh, Fons Trompenars. Uh, he's, he's one of the world's top influential management thinkers alive. And he says to me, watch out for the wrong kind of passion that can hurt the world. Mm. I'm like... What do you mean wrong kind of passion? There is no wrong kind of passion. Mm. You guys think of Hitler. Mm. He was very passionate and yeah. he loved what he did and he was good at it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you're mm. right. So actually... Should contribute to something bigger. So, than, so yeah. doing what you love, what you are good at and is valuable to the world. Mm. It is needed yeah. by others. Yeah. And this is in a way serving a big why and serving a market. If mm. you look at it both sides. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for a while, but I realized a lot of people had all these three, but they were still failing. And mm. for me, you cannot fail when you're passionate. Mm. And I realized there's a missing element, which is consistency, which means people jump on something they're good at, they is valued by the world, they love it, it's serving the world, but they don't stay at it. Six months later, they get depressed, they let go of it, and they let go of their dream. Mm. And 
Five years later, somebody else does the same thing and succeeds, and they're beating themselves with a stick for the yeah, rest of their yeah, life for, yeah, for what yeah, they didn't do. Yeah. And actually, there's a, there's a funny story. I'll tell you here, there's a funny story. Yeah. But so basically, what I added to, the, to, the, to that element is the consistently. So you have to consistently do what you love, what you are good at, and is a value to the world. Mm. Only then you're talking to me about passion. So if you're not going to be consistent at it, I'm sorry, that's not your passion. Mm. That can be hobby. That can be something you aspire to mm. do. And here's a funny story. So when I went on my journey in India, I mean, you're talking 20, 2012, there wasn't selfie sticks. There was even no selfie cameras. These mm. were the old iPhones. I used to hold the phone back and flip mm. and kind of learn to take pictures. You're in the Himalayas up you know, 13,000 mm. feet, phenomenal view, and there's nobody to talk to and you need a picture. So I would grab the phone and flip it and take pictures of mm. it. And then I told my brother, I'm like, you know what, they should invent like, you know, I actually thought about it. I said they should selfie invent stick. something. No, <laughs> yeah. there was no selfie, no, there was yeah. no word. Yeah, the yeah, selfie yeah, came yeah, up. And, and then he, he, he said, well, I, I'm like, but there's no camera. And trying to talk to Apple about a, a front camera is not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And I thought maybe I'll even go get a cover that has an LCD screen on the other side. So when you're holding it, you can see yourself uh, okay. and then put a stick to yeah. it. And then I, it was looking too yeah. complicated. But I even thought like, really, I could have got a, a sticky, a sticky LCD screen on the front that is cheap, made in China yeah. with a little stick with a Bluetooth thingy. And then I just let it fizzle out, and then the selfie stick came out. <laughs> yeah. Until today, every time my brother, he goes, you idiot, you <laughs> could have been the inventor of the selfie stick. <laughs> so my message to everybody is do not be the could have been. Yeah, yeah. If you don't pursue it, you're going to be a could have been. Yeah. You're going to go, oh, I thought about yeah. it. You know what? The universe sprinkles ideas to everybody. Yeah. It's those who go on that journey, and that's why you said, the journey of all the entrepreneurs is failure at the beginning because the universe is filtering. Mm. It sprinkled the same idea on so many people and the universe wants to see who's worthy of carrying the torch for that mm. idea. Yeah. That's a lot of wisdom and I think we're going to leave it at that because we're trying to keep these episodes pretty short so you can listen to them at your commute in Dubai. Uh, where can they find out more about you and where can they see your show? Yeah, so if they go on mustafa.com, that is M-O-U-S-T-A-F-A.com, uh, they can subscribe for free to Passion Sundays. They get the weekly Passion Sundays, five to seven minutes of inspirations, or they can go on passionsundays.com, and from there we'll reroute them back to, to mustafa.com. Mm. And the YouTube channel, everything uh, is there. The YouTube channel is there. Yeah. I'm on YouTube, I'm mm. on Facebook, Instagram, all of them is at Mustafa Hamwi. It's mm. just easier if they go to mustafa.com. Mm. And uh, the show is for free, so they don't pay anything. I, I do it as my participation to helping people live passionately. And it's even shorter than this, about five to seven minutes. They can literally watch it in the elevator while mm. they're going yeah. down to the car. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So uh, last words, it's live passionate, or what is your... Live passionately is the only <laughs> thing I say. I live passionately and do not be the could have been inventor of selfie sticks. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.